Hello, and welcome to the Destiny Church Podcast. We trust that this will be a great encouragement to you and build your faith. Enjoy today's message. So Luke 22, verses 17 through 23, it says this. This is Jesus sitting at the table with all his disciples, okay? This is the last week of his life. They're celebrating this holiday known as Passover. And, and as they're eating dinner, Jesus has this interesting for lack of a better word, interesting conversation with his disciples. Let's dive in, eavesdrop here. It says, verse 17, after taking the cup, he gave thanks and said, take this and divide it among you. For I tell you, I will not drink again from the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And then it says, Jesus took the bread, he gave thanks, then he broke it, and he gave it to them saying, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after the supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. But then Jesus, uh, you know, it's already a little strange. Jesus is referring to the bread as his body, as himself, and then he's eating it, and it's like, Jesus, what's going on here, man? Right, and then and then he's got and then he's got the cup, and he says, "This is my blood, which is poured out for thou," you know. And they're like, "Okay, Jesus, okay." And then and then they drink it, but then he says this just to take the whole awkwardness to a new level. He says, verse twenty-one, "But the hand of him who is going to betray me is with mine on this table." He said he's sitting at this table with us, and everybody started pointing fingers. It says, the Son of Man will go as it has been decreed, but woe to the man who betrays him. And so the disciples, they begin to question among themselves which of them it might be who would do this. If I was sitting at the table, I would definitely point to my wife and say it was her, Lord, not me. I'm just kidding. But for real, church, talk about an awkward moment. Right here we are, we're celebrating Passover, everybody's happy and jolly. It's like, man, this is awesome. I love you guys. I love you guys. And then Jesus drops this bomb, and it gets awkward real fast. But leading up to that, Jesus refers to himself, or, or as he takes the bread, he refers to the bread as this is my body, which is broken for you. And, and then he has them eat the bread. And then he says, this is the cup, which is my blood, and this is poured out for you. Now, obviously, hindsight's twenty twenty. So in this moment, most of us, I'm assuming in the room, we have an idea of what Jesus is talking about here. We know what he's referring to. We know what this is symbolic of. But up to this point with his disciples, in, in real time, Jesus has hinted at his death. He's hinted at the resurrection. But it's likely the disciples still find themselves slightly confused by some of the statements that Jesus is making. Jesus, what, what, what are you talking about? What exactly do you mean? What are you saying? And I, I wouldn't be surprised if some of them are sitting there thinking, man, has Jesus gone crazy or what? Awkward moments. Anyone ever had an awkward moment? One person. John Catterley, I could expect that. I think I've been a part of a couple of them, tell the truth. For real, can I share one of my most awkward moments with you guys while I got you in the room? So I'm about 19 years old and coming right out of high school, um, I wanted to play football really bad. I was living in Rhode Island, like I said, so I was going to go to the University of Rhode Island. It's like an MSU-sized school and I ended up going to Evangel University, but coming out, that, that's kind of a long story and, and, and a long deal, okay? But 
I, but I, I literally, I had my deposit paid to URI. I had my roommate. I was going to URI, okay? So every year when they're bringing in the new freshmen, they have what they call freshman orientation. Now, it's a big school, like MSU-sized school. So there's like probably 500 incoming freshmen here, and we're all in this big group, and they're going to get us used to the campus and show us our dorms and our rooms, and, you know, we get to make friends and bond, community. But they bring us into this room that's, you guys know the Galois downtown? It's like a huge theater, okay? And they pack us all in there, and this thing is jam-packed with incoming freshmen. And, and the whole point of the weekend is to get acquainted with each other, to build community, to learn names. So they start some icebreaker games. And the MCs on the stage, they're like, all right, so who out there thinks they're a ladies' man? <laughs> I'm like, arrogant 19-year-old. I'm like, yeah, you got him right here. <laughs> Look no further. You got your guy. <laughs> and I kid you not, I don't know if the glory of the Lord was shining down on me or not, but I was the first one they picked for this thing. So I'm like, this is awesome. You know, here I am in front of 500 students. There's no way I can't make friends now. You know, like, let's go. So they bring me to the back. They pick like four more people and they bring them to the back and they explain to, to this group of dudes. They say, okay, there's going to be two girls sitting out there. They're going to be sitting on a bench. You all have to present your best pickup line and whoever has the best pickup line gets to sit between the girls. You can tell this is not a Christian university. Amen. So anyways, I'm like, okay, well, who, who, they picked me first, so guess who gets to go first? Yours truly. I'm like, let's go. You know, I got to bring it. Like, I got I to gotta set the standard here. So I come out, and he's like, all right, our contestant number one, his name's Mark. Here we go. Give him your best shot. And he hands me the mic, and I'm like, what's up, ladies? I'm like, did y'all fart? This is a true story. This is a true story. <laughs> Did y'all fart? Because you blew me away. <laughs> and I kid you not. I kid you not. This place, this, this theater, filled up with 500 incoming freshmen, goes nuts. Loses their mind. They literally, the whole room starts chanting, let him sit, let him sit. And I'm just like, yeah, yeah. And the MC takes back the mic, you know, and he's like, all right, what, you guys think we should let him sit? They're like, yeah, let him sit, you know. I'm like, I can't believe this hit like this. I'm like, let's, I'm like, let's go, you know. So literally, he goes, all right, Mark, well, why don't you take your seat? And I'm like, okay, hey, oh, oh. I come down. And as I go to sit between the, these two girls, they stand up and come to find out it's a white sheet that's over two stools, and I fall right onto my back in front of 500 incoming freshmen. But you know, the good part was I got to watch the four guys after me all go through the same exact plan. Let him sit! Let I was cheering on with him. It was good. You know, it's also awkward as you, you tell your young, younger sibling, I don't think Santa's real. And then she turns around and says, well, if he's not real, God's not real. And I'm like, whoa, this is not how we're, had to pull mom and dad into that conversation, amen. That got a little, little weird, a little quick, so we, we pulled out of it. Awkward moments, man, we've all had them. We've all had them. But this awkward moment Jesus is having with his disciples here is far more awkward than 
market your eyes freshman orientation. Seriously, he, he's sitting there, this, this fun celebratory time of Passover. It's awkward real fast. Jesus is like, I, I won't drink this again until the kingdom of heaven comes. And, and then he picks up the bread and, and he's like, this is my body. He eats it. He says, do this in remembrance of me. And, and then he picks up the cup and he's like, this is the cup. This is the new covenant. This is the new promise between God and his people. This represents my blood poured out for you, and then Jesus goes on to drop this bomb that someone sitting at the table is going to betray him, and they're, and they're all just sitting there, and, and I'm not fully convinced that the disciples fully understand what's going on in this moment, and maybe there's some of us in the room where we, we have an idea of, of what's happening in this moment, but we don't understand the full extent of what's happening in this moment, but this is a huge event. This is a big deal, what's happening, what Jesus is portraying in this moment, what he's sharing with them in this moment. But like I said, they're sitting at the table. The whole reason they're gathered together is because they're sharing Passover meal. And for those who aren't familiar, Passover, celebrated by Jewish people still today, it's like the biggest holiday for Jewish people. They still celebrate this. And for those who don't know, it's a Jewish holiday. It's celebrated seven or, or eight days out of the year. And it's done to remember how when, when the Jewish people were in Egypt, right, when they were in slavery, they, they put the, the, the blood on the doorpost and then they led the, the Israelites out of Egypt right through the Red Sea. Y'all know the story with Moses, right? Church? Okay, just making sure, just making sure we're all together here. Well, quick run through. Moses flees Egypt. Right, And then he's walking through, he's in the mountains with his sheep and his goat, there's a burning bush, and he's like, holy moly, God talks to Moses, right, from the burning bush. And he's like, Moses, I want you to go back to Egypt. And Moses is like, whoa, wrong guy, not me, I'm not doing it, I can't go back there. He goes, okay, I'll give you Aaron, you guys go back. Moses goes back to Egypt, and he has these conversations with Pharaoh, basically pleading with Pharaoh, let my people go, okay? Pharaoh, Pharaoh, whoa. Let my people go. Okay, all right, that's it. Here we go. Let's... Enough theatrics for one sermon. Goodness gracious. I can... No, I'm just playing. Here we go. So where was I? Moses is with Pharaoh, right? Pleading. And, 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 and he's like, Pharaoh, if, if you don't let my people go, if you don't let my people go, this is going to happen. And there's this series of plagues that's planned where if Pharaoh won't soften his heart and let, let the Israelites free out of Egypt, then they're, they're going to have a plague come upon them. Nine plagues hit, and still Pharaoh, his heart is hard. He won't let them go. He wants to keep them in captivity. He's like, no, I'm, I'm keeping my slaves. I want to keep them here, right? So, so then there's this last plague, the death of the firstborn, where everybody in the land, if Pharaoh is unwilling to let the people go, the firstborn son of every family is going to be killed. Now, God, in efforts to protect the, the Israelites, the Jewish people, his people, his set-apart people, he gives them very specific instructions. Now, you read these instructions, and, and you'd think, man, this is random. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense why they'd have to do like this to get their firstborn protected, but it's not the end of the story. You know, I once I heard it like this. The Old Testament is the New Testament concealed. The New Testament is the Old Testament 
revealed. You got to conceal it. So here's the, the, the different instructions they had to ensure that their firstborn, death would in essence pass over their firstborn. Okay, here's the first one. Each Jewish family had to select a male that was perfect without blemish. Okay, it couldn't have any birth defects, no three-legged, you know, lamb, no eight-legged lamb, or, you know, one-eyed lamb, just perfect lamb without blemish. Two, the blood of the animal was to be painted on the door frames of their home, of, of the, the blood of the lamb, whichever lamb they chose. And then three, the Jews were to eat the lamb cooked over fire, and they weren't supposed to leave any leftovers. And then four, they were to dress in their travel outfits. So they were to be ready to go because God was going to take them out of there, okay? So they were to dress in their travel outfits, told to eat unleavened bread, and, and, which is basically bread with no yeast in it. If they did all four of these things, not only would their firstborn survive, but, it, but if they would accomplish all these things, they'd be rescued and escape slavery from Egypt. So the Jews, they perform all these acts. Right, We know the story. Moses takes them down. They get to the sea. God, God splits the Red Sea. They walk through on dry land. And then as the, as the Egyptians chase them, God closes up the sea on the Egyptians. And voila, the Israelites are saved. But as they get on the other side, we see in Exodus 13, after God's delivered his people, he gives them specific instructions to remember that moment every year moving forward. He wants them to have this annual celebration, this annual festival to remember how God took all the Israelites who were in slavery, walked them through the Red Sea, crazy miracle, right? And, and, and then saved them and, and swallowed up the Egyptians. So here we find in Exodus 13, verses 6 through 9, it says this. For seven days, the bread you eat must be made without yeast. Then on the seventh day, celebrate a feast to the Lord. Eat bread without yeast during those seven days. In fact, there must be no yeast bread or yeast at all found within borders of your land during this time. Okay, and then, and then we'll read on. On the seventh day, you must explain to your children, pass the story down, tell them about the Red Sea, tell them how you were saved, tell them how death passed over, right? Explain to your children, I am celebrating what the Lord did for me when I was in Egypt. This annual festival, so the Lord is saying, celebrate this every year, talk about it every year. This annual festival will be a visible sign to you, like a mark branded on your hand or your forehead. Let it remind you always to recite this teaching of the Lord with a strong hand. The Lord rescued us from Egypt. This is Passover, still celebrated today by Jewish people. They're still celebrating what God did back in, in, in the Exodus. But this is where we find Jesus, who's obviously of Jewish descent here, and, and he's with his disciples. They're celebrating Passover together, this famous scene we know as the Last Supper. And then he starts to say that the wine is celebrating a new covenant between God and his people. So Jesus is, is saying to his disciples, a new promise is being made between himself in humanity. This is a big moment. Kim, if you wouldn't mind jumping up on the keys. And Luke 22, I, I want to reread this to you here. It says, just so we can see us find ourselves at the table again, it's Jesus with his disciples. It says, then he took the cup of wine. He gave thanks to God for it. Then he said, 
take this and share it among yourselves. For I will not drink wine again until the kingdom of God has come. Verse 19, it says he took some bread and he gave thanks to God for it. Then he broke it into pieces and he gave it to his disciples saying, this is my body which is given for you. Do this and remember me. Remember me, but, but what are they celebrating? Passover. And, and what do they remember when they're celebrating Passover? God delivering the Jewish people, just the Jewish people, the Israelite people who were delivered out of Egypt, right? He's saying so, but, but now when you gather and you do this, remember me. After the supper, he took another cup of wine and said, this cup is the new covenant between God and his people. I'm establishing a new promise, an agreement confirmed with my blood, which is poured out as a sacrifice for you. And then he goes on to say, but here at this table sitting among us is the man who will betray me. For it has been determined that the son of man must die. But what sorrow awaits the one who betrays him the disciples begin to discuss among themselves which one would ever do such a thing. Jesus hands his disciples the unleavened bread, bread with no yeast, and he says, this is my body given for you. When you eat this, remember me. And like I said, they always ate unleavened bread. They did this once a year. This was this huge festival, this big party they would throw to remember how God delivered his people, how God saved his people. Jesus is saying, listen, when you take this, when you celebrate this, I no longer want you just to remember Egypt. I no longer want you to just remember the Exodus. I want you to remember the, the, the great Exodus that is coming. The great Exodus that is coming because Jesus knew, hey, I'm making a way because I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life, right? Then Jesus says, this cup is the new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed with my blood, which is poured out for you. And I can just see it. I can see the disciples sitting there, still not fully aware, still not fully comprehending. Jesus, what are you talking about? What, what do you mean your blood will be a sacrifice for us? What, what do you mean a new covenant? And what the disciples don't understand is <laughs> in, in, in a few hours, Jesus, he's going to find himself hanging on a cross, dying for the sin of the world. But, but to tie this whole thing together here, I want to share a passage with you from John 19. Verses 28 through 37, it says this. Jesus knew, this is, and this picture is Jesus on the cross. This verse I'm reading here, Jesus is hanging on the cross during this verse. It says, Jesus knew that his mission was now finished. To fulfill the scripture, he said, I am thirsty. A jar of sour wine was sitting there, so they soaked a sponge in it, put it on a hyssop branch, and held it up to his lips. And when Jesus tasted it, he said, it is finished. And then he bowed his head, and he gave up his spirit. He died. So then we go on to verse 31, and it says, it was the day of preparation. Okay, and the Jewish leaders didn't want the bodies hanging there the next day, which was the Sabbath, and, and a very special Sabbath because it was Passover week, right? They said, so they asked Pilate to hasten their deaths by ordering that their legs 
be broken. So I know this is like, well, I'm confused. What's going on here? So basically, they have the Passover festival going on, right? And the city's going to be partying. They're going to have this, you know, they're going to have a parade. And everybody's going to be cheering. It's going to be, yeah, it's going to be awesome. But, but it might kill the vibe if we have a, a, a couple of half-dead guys hanging on crosses through the city while, while we're trying to party and celebrate, right? And I don't know it, what you guys know about crucifixions, but they would nail their feet to the cross. They'd nail their hands to the cross. And it would be a slow suffocation. It'd be a slow death. So if I could use my legs, I could give myself breath, right? Because a whole death, and then, or, or otherwise, my arms are being pulled and I can't breathe. So what they said is that these guys are still kind of alive. They're still hanging on. They're still suffocating. We need to. They're like, can we break their legs and get it over with so they'll die? Because if they break their legs, they can't hold themselves up in the suffocation process. It'll be faster. So it says, so they asked Pilate to hasten their deaths by ordering that their legs be broken. And then their bodies could be taken down. So the soldiers came, broke the legs of the two men Jesus was crucified with. Check this out. When they came to Jesus, when they came to Jesus, they saw that he was already dead. So they didn't break his legs because the sacrifice that needed to be made was a spotless Lamb without blemish, no broken bones, no defects, right? A new covenant was being made. A new promise was being established through humankind. God. One of the soldiers, however, pierced his side with a spear and immediately blood and water flowed out because no longer is it a lamb's blood that needs to be smeared on my doorpost, right? But now it's the blood of the lamb, it's the blood of Jesus that we're saved by, that we're made new by, that made a way for us, right? This report is from an eyewitness giving an accurate account. He speaks the truth so that you may always continue to believe. These things happened in fulfillment of the scriptures that say not one of his bones will be broken. And they will look on the one who was pierced. Church, before this the Passover meal, it was always done to remember God rescuing the Jews from Egypt. We talked about that. But no longer would the blood of a perfect male lamb be what protected the Jews from slavery, right? But now God was making a way through his son Jesus, through the perfect sacrifice where all people, doesn't matter if you're white or you're black, doesn't matter if you're Jewish or you're Gentile, right? It doesn't matter who you are. You call on the name of Jesus and that'll suffice for you. Death will in essence pass over. When I call on the name of Jesus, I step into eternity. Death is defeated. We get victory over it all. Come on, that's something to praise about. Our doorposts are now covered with the blood of the Lamb, who is Jesus. Amen. So now we have some communion here. And we're going to do what Jesus instructed us. When we take part in this, I'm not remembering how he just made a way for some. I'm remembering how he made a way for all. But, but you know what? He made a way for me. When I was broken, when I was wandering, when I was addicted, when I was running from my call, when I was disobeying parents, right? When, it, when I was doing everything that the world told me I should do, when, when I was in rebellion, he made a way for me too. Some of y'all are maybe thinking like, Mark, this is Christmas, man. I'm cool with the communion thing, but what, what about baby Jesus? Listen, if it isn't for this moment right here, then he's just another baby who's born. 
right? So we'll celebrate that, that he came to the earth. But you know what it's from? It's from this moment where it all really starts. Thank you so much for joining us. Special thanks to those of you who give to this ministry. It's because of you that this ministry is possible. You can check out the link in the description to give or visit destinychurch.me slash give. Don't forget to subscribe and share with your friends. We love you and have a blessed week.